We're going undercover on the Metal Shop Podcast, talking about the worst cover songs in rock and metal history. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Metal Shop Podcast with me, Big Frog. Me, Mike Castleberry. And this week we are doing covers. The cover songs that we didn't like. Some of them might be songs by bands that we do like that covered songs we didn't like. Or bands, shitty bands that covered good songs that we like in a shitty way or whatever. Yeah, we're really uh, running the entire field on this, going by some of the shit... uh, we had talked about and uh some of them even one that you mentioned before we'll see if it made your list where it's one that you hated and what i liked so <laughs> we might get a little bit of debate this time but uh we'll see where we go with that um it was pretty much uh i figured it'd be fun to kind of pick on some of the shittier cover songs that have happened over the years because there's no shortage of them and then next week or next next recording we're going to do our favorite ones so right we're not going to just be all negative all the time. You know, I have a couple of dishonorable mentions to get me started. And one, it's just a generalized thing. Mm-hmm. I just really fucking hate when growly, uh, kind of like death metal-y type bands cover songs from non-growly bands because it's always shitty. Right. <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah, you always get this like weird fucking, like, it'll just like, be like the Judas Priest lick, and they're just living after me. Like, <laughs> yeah. Walker to the door. And you're like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. <laughs> just a cookie monster cut. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I have a pet peeve in general, too. But before we do that, I need to address one thing, and that is that the last time we, we were, uh, we recorded, we started off unplanned talking about the Padres and it we seems need to like, shut the fuck up yeah it seems like we haven't won a fucking game since then practically <laughs> so whatever we did you know sorry reverse 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 the curse and let's let opening day tomorrow be the real fucking opening day and start fucking winning from here because fuck this yeah we had just uh we we're the first team to 30 wins we're the hottest team in the M- in MLB. Yeah. <laughs> we're yeah. we're on the top of all the power rankings. We came off a perfect nine game homestand, and we got real cocky. Yeah. And uh, I think we recorded a two weeks ago, two yeah. and a half, and we've won like eight games since then. Like Jeez. we're not at forty. Like I thought we we're gonna get to forty real quick. But, yeah. Yeah. We're like third in the division now, and. So, yeah, yeah. Knocking on so, wood. Knocking on all the wood, and that uh, and that concludes a word from our sponsor. <laughs> I wish, <laughs> and and now we're back. All right. So since you gave a, a general uh, 
a dislike. I'm going to give a general dislike too. And that is that I don't need any more um, covers of Come Together or Helter Skelter just by anyone, you know, not particularly that the that the Aerosmith one was bad or or the Motley Crue Helter Skelter was bad or whatever. Just people do them over and over and over and it's like, dude, what makes you think your take is going to be so special on this song that's been done a million times and when the original band that did it was the fucking Beatles. I don't yeah. get it. Let's add to that, like, uh, pretty much any Rolling Stones cover at this point. You know? Yeah. It's, yeah. I'm, not a, I'm not a big Stones fan anyway, but that seems to be a real go-to. Yeah. Paint It Black. Yeah. Yeah. And Paint It Black is a pretty sick song. I actually like that one. Right. You know, but Sympathy for the Devil, for example, that doesn't oh, need any yeah. more covers. No, sure doesn't. Um. and uh, we're gonna get to another song on my list in a little bit when we start the list proper that probably doesn't need a cover ever again either me too but uh, um uh as far as my other dishonorable mention you know fuck these boots by megadeth Uh, (laughs) (laughs) i'm just sick of like that's not a good i don't even like that song normally and i it's Megadeth, they, I don't know. Sometimes bands pick like a weird fucking song to cover mm-hmm. that you're like, why did you do that? Like, there's like another, like I showed you that Anthrax cover of like Carry On My Wayward Son. Right. And shit like that. And it just sounded like the, the regular version. So I'm like, what the? You brought nothing to this. Yeah. If you're, the way I see it is like, if you're going to, if you're going to do it, um, number one, you should add something to it. And also, you should kind of make it in your style because obviously, you know, you, your band has some style that you think you could apply to this song. But if it's just like the original song, there's really no point. And if it has no connection to the original song, then there's really no fucking point either. So, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. These boots, it, it put its own spin on it, but it fucking yeah. sucks. Yeah. <laughs> That whole first, that first Megadeth record is kind of hit or miss, and that's one of the big misses for me. Right. So that almost made my list, but uh, I'm just gonna get started on my my list proper here. Right. Unless you had any other dishonorable mentions? No, go for it. So number five on, uh, we're gonna add this to the uh, uh, songs that never need to be covered again. Mm-hmm. Uh, is Avenged Sevenfold's cover of Paranoid? Uh.
first off, we don't need any more versions of Paranoid. Right. It's like there's some bands. It's it's cool to try to listen to other people's take on Sabbath, and there's varying degrees of success with that. Um, but this version sucks. It's mm-hmm. here's the thing though. It sucks for two reasons. The vocals are fine. Whatever. I sent you this. You're, when you first listened to it, your first reaction was, how do you fucking play Paranoid and then fuck up the Paranoid riff? Yeah. <clears throat> like, the riff was just played wrong. Right. Which really takes away from the whole thing. And it's it's not a massive change, but, you like, once you, once you know it's there, that's all you can hear is the weird, like, chord change in it that they went with. And then they have one of the best guitarists in the fucking world in their band right now. And it just has this whack. It's, I don't even, it's not even a fucking solo. It just sounds like feedback noises. Uh. Now, supposedly, let's look at your comments on the video. And supposedly this was a come on, feel the noise type moment where Avenged Sevenfold wanted to cover a different song. And the record label forced them to cover Paranoid. Mm. So supposedly, they did the shittiest version of Paranoid they possibly could. So it's like intentionally not good because they're pissed at having to do it. So that's why there's like, the solo is just noise and the fucking riff sounds weird. Uh. Which is, I get that. But at the same time, I mean, it sucks. And that's... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. When Weezer has a better version of Paranoid than you... You kind of fucked up, I think. Right. You know, with Paranoid, it's like we already had enough cover versions just with the Aussie versions with different guitar players and the Sabbath versions with different singers. And that's pretty much enough um, variation on, on Paranoid, depending on, you know, whether you like it. You know, like I really didn't like the way Dio sang Paranoid. But I loved the way um, Randy played on Paranoid and Brad Gillis played on Paranoid. Um, so, you know, there's, there's, you know, and then none of the bassists are going to play anything like Geezer plays on Paranoid. So it's, um, it's interesting uh, enough like that. And if you're going to do it, I mean, kill it at least, you know, and, and uh, yeah, that version is not good. Where's your first shitty pick? Okay. For mine, this is, you know, obviously a band that I love, but it falls into the category of when bands that I like like bands that I don't like, this is what happens. And it's uh, Cross-Eyed Mary by Iron Maiden, which is a cover of a Jethro Tull song, and I don't like Jethro Tull.
right off the bat, it's like, you know, I would rather have a, another song or a cover of a better song, you know, b because at the time it was like on the B side of, I used to buy those singles because Iron Maiden had like these singles and they had like the Japanese versions with these cool ass covers and it would be uh, the single and then on the back side would be like a cover and then maybe a live version or something like that. And that's where Cross-Eyed Mary was um, on the back of, I think it was the Trooper single or maybe it was Ace's High single. One of those two. Like I said, it's, it's out of character for Maiden. It's just, for me, it's not a great song. And they've had other missteps, too, with covers like um, King of Twilight, which is a song by a band called Nectar, who I've never heard of. But I don't get why they did that song. Uh, Rainbow's Gold is another song that this one was okay. The band called it was called Beckett. I don't know who they are either. And then a couple of them that were pretty cool. I've got The Fire, which is a Montrose cover, and that was good. And then um, Women in Uniform, which was a really weird song for them to even do back in the Diano days. And it was by a band called Skyhooks. But for whatever reason, I kind of thought that song was kind of cool. So, huh. okay. But yeah, um, Cross-Eyed Mary, uh, Jethro. I know Bruce Dickinson... Really liked Jethro Tull, really liked uh, Ian Anderson, and kind of modeled some of his stage movements. And uh, in the in the uh, Stranger in a Strange Land tour, he was really uh, bringing that to the stage. Yeah, so no on that one for me. Cross-eyed Mary. <laughs> yeah, I made it every once in a while. They'll do some weird shit. Um, you know, there's. Uh, there's a couple of times that like they've covered like shit from like Deep Purple or something, but it was like with Blaze Bailey, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so it wasn't good. Like, <laughs> yeah, like I remember like try. I can't remember it off the top of my head now, but I remember going like, "Oh, sick!" Oh, <laughs> right, right. So, moving on in my list, we're going. We're going to keep the uh, the trend of a uh, a band that I love doing a cover that I do not like. And this one bummed me out the first time I heard it because it's a band that I love covering a song that I like and I didn't fucking like it. And it was when Judas Priest did Johnny Be Good. Mm. And man, there's a fine line. Like you're talking about how, you know, you want to add your own flavor to it. You want to do something with it that's different, you know. But at the same time, you don't want it to get too far away from the source. Right. And this one strayed so far that it's like, what's the what was the point of this? Because, like, you know, when you get rid of the Chuck Berry shuffle in the song. Yeah. It's kind of like it loses its, you know, personality. Right. And now you're just singing the same words, but it's it, it's it doesn't resonate. And it's like. I, I remember clicking on that a few years ago, going like, oh, I bet they could do something really cool with that, you know, Chuck Berry shuffle, and it's right. just not there. And I'm like, hey, what the fuck is this? It's just, yeah. And the, the riffs that they put in it weren't that cool. 
It was fr- it was during a weird era for Judas Priest that I'm not a big fan of. Yeah. So the whole thing just fell flat. Yeah, it's a bummer because you know there's other bands that have you know covered Chuck Berry like Motorhead, for example, and they fucking kill it. Right. Because Motorhead, obviously, they're just loud rock and roll. Exactly. You know? But at the same time, it's like you metal it up a little bit, you make it louder, but it still has that DNA. Yeah. And the Johnny B. Good cover just doesn't really have the DNA anymore. Right. He should be able, Chuck Berry should be able to come on stage and jam it with you. He should recognize the fucking song, you know, and yeah. be able to, to to play along. And yeah, like you said, without that riff, it's like that's basically the song. And if you don't have that, it's, you know, then just do a different song. And Priest has had such a good history of doing covers, great covers, that uh, it, it was even super disappointing. And like you said... In that era, I was super negative about anything that they were doing anyway. So definitely was going to be negative about this shit. Because, yeah, <laughs> it was fucking bad. Yeah, that was during that Turbo Lover. Yeah, that period. was bad. That was bad for, like, they had a bad sound. They had a bad look. They had uh, introduced the uh, guitar synths and all that and the weird fucking videos. Anyways, yeah. Uh, the, the cool thing about Priest is... When they misstep, usually they correct themselves pretty quick. You know, they don't go very far down the the fucked up road, and pretty soon they're going to be back with something good. So that's that's good. I like that. All right, 
for uh, my next one, again, like you said, it's a band that I like, covering a band that I kind of like, but the song I didn't like because it just had too much of that, the, the death of both of them, which is the corniness, and the song is No More Mr. Nice Guy, the cover Megadeth did of Alice Cooper's song, which, like, like I say... Alice Cooper suffers from corneism, Megadeth suffers from corneism, and they it really comes together on this song where it's just like, I think it needed to be heavier in the first place, and then Megadeth had a chance to really like heavy it up, although I would have picked a different song if I was them, but still, even if they were going to pick this song, but really did chose not to, and did it pretty much kind of by the book, just with different vocals that were equally weird. No more Mr. Nice Guy. Me, a nice guy. That's one that was really close to making my list, too. Um, because it's, you know, Megadeth, like you said, Megadeth has a corny problem sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, and that's all because it's just Dave Mustaine has like two modes. He has either a really sick growl or, you know, the hello, me, it's me again, that kind of shit. Right. And that was more towards this, you know, like with the intro, it's like me, a nice guy. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's you're putting too much silly in a song that's already kind of silly. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, there's better songs by Alice Cooper to do mm-hmm. or at least do in a different tone, because, you know, Alice Cooper, he plays it up, but it doesn't sound as silly when he's singing the song. Right. So it's just. Megadeth to keep picking weird songs and making it silly. Yeah. And they need to stop that shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, coming up here. I just like every time I get to do my Dave Mustaine impersonation. I love it. It's great. <laughs> so this one, it, well, I mean, it had to make the list because it sucks. I was tempted because, I mean, I guess Limp Biscuit counts as new metal. Mm-hmm. But... It's the Limp Biscuit version of Behind Blue Eyes. Right. Here's the thing. The first time I ever heard Limp Biscuit, I was in high school, mm-hmm. and they did that cover of Faith. Mm-hmm. And it was actually kind of cool. Okay. So I was like, oh. And I'd have, I didn't like a single thing they did after that, basically. Right. <laughs> I was like, ew, these guys suck. But um, I kind of enjoyed that a little bit. So when this came out, 
it's you know they're covering you know a who song i actually like the song behind blue eyes and it's not overly aggressively shitty at first it seems like it's kind of a straightforward cover fred durst is that he can't really sing that good but he's making an attempt but then like halfway or so through the song there's just this part where like a speaking spell starts spelling limp biscuit <laughs> in the middle of it yeah so it's just like l i m yeah i'm like what the fuck is happening and it just kills the whole thing and i have this extra layer of being like fuck this song because um at a family gathering uh one of my family members busted out the little portable karaoke machine and my cousin wanted to do a song with me and he picks behind blue eyes and we're fucking doing it, and all of a sudden, I start reading L I M P. I'm like, "Oh shit, is this the Limp Biscuit?" Ver-? So I just quit at that point. So I was <laughs> like, "What the fuck? I'm not saying that." <laughs> yeah, dude. Hilarious. So it, that's all it took, and I can't even remember if it has like the cool like, you know, three quarters of the way through where the tempo speeds up because I don't think I ever get past that part. Right. Uh, have I- about Limp Biscuit is that I missed them pretty much. I was mostly busted for like the whole time that they were big. <laughs> so, yeah. So by the time I got out and and the only thing I knew was that the guitar player who like used to like make up his face kind of like a monkey or whatever. Yeah. He quit and people thought he was like really good or something, but I never really heard anything that I heard him play that I was really impressed with. It doesn't mean he's not good. But uh, so I knew he had left and then I guess he came back or whatever. But I think the band was over pretty much by the time he came back. You know, for for me, it's kind of like when you take a song that's kind of serious and you're not really like a band that's very serious, that's a hard leap to make, I think. I, I really... Um, it would be easy for me not to like it, considering that I really don't like anything that they did. Uh, and, I, and you know, I have the aversion to the rap metal thing. Um, so, yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, I feel bad for you, man. You got 
you missed out on the height of biscuit mania (laughs) (laughs) yeah but you know you get out of prison and every white guy in east county looks like fred durst now (laughs) right yeah it was a magical time to be alive man Uh, (laughs) it was fuck but yeah it was all bad all bad all bad this one, the reason that I'm going with it is because I never got it. I know you never got it. We never got it. And with some of these songs, there's um, there's a story that we might or might not know. Like you said, um, with, uh, with the Paranoid cover, they didn't really want to do it. You know, um, maybe somebody comes at you with a, with a deal for a movie. You know, oh, we're going to put this song in a movie. We want you to cover one of these songs. Okay, so uh, I guess I'll do that one. You know, whatever. There might be a reason or you need something for a B-side, whatever it is. There might be a reason that you're doing the song that we're not aware of. And it kind of would be like, oh, if well, if we knew that, okay, then that would make more sense. But when you just pick a song, you cover the song because you want to on your first album. And in essence, it's the song that made you think you know we've really got a fucking band here and the song is black sheep of the family (laughs) i had a feeling i was gonna be on (laughs) oh man i mean and you know what and other people have covered it and like ingve covered it and uh it's just like what the fuck is it about what am i missing about this song that is so great because i just think it's like hokey and it's like uh, it has some like weird countryishness to it, and it it really doesn't seem for sure British. It seems like it seems kind of like American, like down home kind of American or something. And for you know the the leader of Deep Purple to leave and have this you know great new powerful singer in this great new band, and this is the first song he wants to do. This didn't make no fucking sense to me. Yeah, that shit's fucking weird, dude. Because um, we talked about that when we did our Rainbow episodes. And how that, like you said, that was the basis of Rainbow. Mm-hmm. It started out like he, it wasn't even... Blackmore was trying to leave uh, Deep Purple at the time. He just hooked up with Dio. And they decided to jam on this fucking song. <laughs> and Blackmore was like, this is so good we're going to do more of this and I'm going to leave my very successful band to start a brand new band right? for this. And it's like, I mean, granted everything else rainbow did was sick with Dio, but it's such a weird, 
it's just such a weird story. Like you said, I'm in, I'm in that same boat of am, what am I missing? Yeah, it's it's a song I always skip over on the first Rainbow album. Yeah, it's just. I mean, I'm glad that it exists because of that, but ah, uh, it's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a feeling it was going to go on there. That's why I didn't put it on my list anywhere. Right. But yeah, I've, I'm in agreement. It's it's that I think it's just that gulf between how sick a bunch of these like artists we like think it is and how sick we think it is is so great mm-hmm. that it's just bizarre. Like I get I get why Ingve covered it cuz mm. Blackmore did it. Right. <laughs> yeah, it makes perfect sense. I mean, when you look at Ingve's uh, cover album, uh, uh, Inspiration or whatever it is, like most of it is just Blackmore songs. Mm-hmm. So quite a few. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. I don't get it, but I guess I'm glad it exists because of that. But, for sure. For sure. You know. I wonder if there's any bands called Black Sheep. I'm sure there are, since all the names are taken these days at this point. So I, I'm going to look it up and find out. Who the best black sheep is, and then <laughs> I'll post all something sheep up. matter, man. Yeah, <laughs> all sheep matter. Yeah. All right, so my number two on my list here. Um, this one, it's it's kind of legendarily bad in some circles. So this was back in two thousand four or so. It was around the time Saint Anger was coming out. So I guess that was two thousand three, two thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, MTV did a. They had. They used to have the. I don't know if you remember the MTV uh, icons or whatever show they would do. Right. And it would be like kind of highlighting a band, and a bunch of people come cover their shit, and then the band would come up and play. Well, they had MTV icons Metallica. Right. And during the night, they had shit like. Uh, some were better than others. Some, like, you weren't supposed to take seriously at all. Like, Snoop Dogg came out and did Sad But True for a minute, you know? Right. Um, then you have, like, Corn did one, which was all right. And then, in a very weird decision, uh, Avril Lavigne did a cover <laughs> of Fuel. <laughs> yeah. And you could tell when they, like, went, like, brought the camera to like you know the band um james was kind of like he's trying to act like it was cool right right <laughs> but it just wasn't and i got nothing against avril lavigne that much like i just i'm not a fan right and she's one of the two bands that i knew i was about to get in a fight in when my ex-girlfriend was listening to that shit in the car because uh, <laughs> she was she was very tame in her music taste but for some reason, she'd either listen to Avril Lavigne or um, Evanescence when she was in a bad mood or mad at me. So if like either one of those was playing on her stereo when she came, swung by to pick me up after work or something like that, I was like, oh, fuck, we're fighting today, huh? <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, so it just wasn't good at all. And she's like not a Metallica fan at all. So it's just weird, like, it's one thing, like, when you have bands that are like, oh, I, re- I really love this band, I want to do a cover of this. It's a whole other thing when it's, like, a an artist that's popular at the time that isn't a fan of the band, and they're like, okay, well, I'm going to do 
a cover of one of their songs on TV. And it was like a big event thing, too, because that was the first time. Um, I think it was the first time they played live with Rob Trujillo mm. in the band and shit like that. Like, because mm. the album had been done, wrapped by the time he got hired. So it was like this big deal that Rob was like playing live with Metallica and then they played a song off, you know, St. Anger to end the show to get people to want to buy the record type of thing. Right. Let's hear it for Avril Lavigne! Give me two, give me four, give me another two to show! I've seen a couple of times where um, non-metal people uh, play metal songs in um, in like I saw Shakira and she played like some ACDC and something else. And it was actually not bad because like I felt like I don't know, like she was really into it, it seemed like. So she must have been a fan at some point and her band nailed it. Uh, but yeah, for for whatever reason, I think like um, at that point, I think Avril Lavigne would have been like probably not. I don't know. It would just seem to me that she wasn't the right age or the right uh, the right demographic to really know Metallica that way, you know? Yeah, I mean Shakira. I always had the vibe that she was kind of like a rocker chick growing up or some shit like that. Right. Uh, so she could do it justice. But yeah, on that like you know on that note that that was something I forgot to write down for my dishonorable mentions. Um, that's almost bad enough to fucking supplant my number one. When you get that shit like Celine Dion uh, singing "You Shook Me All Night Long." Oh uh, yeah, no, no, no. And when they would do uh, the. VH1 Divas specials. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, God damn, this sucks. And they always had like, it was like Celine Dion. And there's this chick, Anastasia, that like VH1 was trying to convince me was famous that I still don't know anything about her other than she 
seem to be on all of those. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, so yeah, so just along that line, just anytime, just throw in anytime someone does a fucking cover that's just way out of their, just way out of their lane. Right. To right. try to give themselves some rock cred. Okay, so for my next one, this is the one we're going to have a disagreement on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have always liked Metallica doing covers. I've usually liked the covers that they do. Um, and I think that most of the covers that they've done were like, when we were young, this is what we liked. And this is what we, you know, this is what we were into when we first started playing. And maybe we covered this, you know, when we were, when we were kids before we had all our originals together or whatever. And, you know, that might be the case for Sabracadabra or, uh, Die, Die, My Darling or Whiskey in a Jar, um, or whatever, but I don't like when bands are like, okay, um, this is, uh, once I grew up and started liking different music, you know, I got into this and then covered that because that's not as interesting to me. Um, although like I saw this thing where, uh, and I'm not really sure the authenticity of it, but it was something about. Uh, asking Metallica what they're listening to right now and like the albums that they're that are on their playlist right now and they all had uh like uh the fucking Tom Waits they all had Tom Waits on their list and I was just like okay well you know whatever I mean yeah okay you're more mature now and you, maybe you're you're listening to different things or whatever or maybe this is something that one of your dads was really into like maybe in this case, maybe Hetfield's dad was really into Bob Seger and he had Bob Seger playing in the house, you know, and drinking fucking Coors or whatever the fuck. And it just came up and I fucking hate Bob Seger. And I don't, and, you know, and I, it's just one of those. He's right in that fucking niche of like rock and roll that is like kind of almost more like adult rock and roll or Neil Young. I fucking don't like Bruce Springsteen. I fucking don't like. And and for and it, you can actually be in that group and make it out. Tom Petty, I ended up liking. He was originally in that group, but I ended up liking him. But Bob Seger, no, I, I, I didn't. And then it's the same. The, the Their version is the same, but the vocals are... I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of people give give um, Hetfield credit for having made it to the point where he could actually try to sing a song like that because we never would have thought that from the first album or first two albums or whatever. So, yeah, he got a lot better. But even as much as I don't like Bob Seger, he's still a better singer than Hetfield. So when you're trying to... I don't know. I didn't like it. And then... Growing up, I was a huge, huge, huge Ginger Lynn fan for obvious reasons. And then they put her in a video and she looks like shit. She's old as fuck. And it was fucking a whole fucking let down there, too. So, yeah, that song let me down, man, in, in a lot of ways. So, yeah, that one. Highway, east of Omaha. I can 
Turn the page on go. that fucking song. I was about to say, you talk shit on this song for five minutes before you actually said it was turn the page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I knew, I mean, I knew what it was. Um, I was, we're talking about the fact that it, that almost made my best list. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, um, specifically for the fact that my, my parents like Bob Seeger. Uh, that was go. on the car a lot, on the car stereo a lot on road trips. There's a lot of shit that I like that's associated with road trips for me. So it's always like the best of Bob Seger, um, Harry Chapin. Right. Um, you know, uh, just, you know, all the shit that my parents like to listen to when we're going on river trips. Right. You know? um, but yeah, Jim Croce, another one. So that's the kind of shit that I grew up on. There you know, you being go. stuck in the car, kind of like how uh, my stand-up, um, my first interest in stand-up was because they play um, Bill Cosby stand-up albums mm-hmm. on road trips, too. So I knew, I knew, like, all those bits, like, by heart, by right. the, you know, as a kid, you know? So it's like, they're still fighting to me, and it fucking sucks that he turned out to be a rapist. Yeah. Know? Oh, yeah, well... All them bits where it's like, you know, they put a stop sign at the top of a hill. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like that kind of shit. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. um. Cosby was a great place to start for, for that. Great place. Yeah. Like you said, unfortunate. Yeah, it's very unfortunate for everybody. Um, so because of that, I'd even, I was like, I wonder what it would be like if like a, a more rock focused band did a version of that. And then Metallica came up with it, came out with it, and it sounded pretty much what I imagined like it would sound like. Um, I didn't really know the chick from the video, so I could see why seeing her all, all raggedy and getting beat the fuck up and everything else. That was an intense video. I remember that one having a disclaimer uh, being on Total Request Live, because it would be like Backstreet Boys in sync. Yeah. That Metallica video with a hooker getting beat up. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think part of it, I gravitated to it because at the time I was very much like, oh, fuck pop music, fuck Backstreet Boys, fuck these boy bands, fuck TRL, all this is a bunch of stupid boy band bullshit and Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears. So anything that was 
rock or metal um i was just happy to see so metallica being on the the trl countdown would turn the page i was like fuck yeah like if they had number one that week with it i'm like yeah fuck you in sync yeah turn the page right like so yeah i don't know like there's part of me that's gonna be always gonna be like fucking metal till i die teenager at heart and then there's that part of me that grew up on that shit so it's like part of me is always like a 50 year old divorced uncle right right (laughs) so yeah i mean you know what and and in a sense i mean i've dude i could totally i totally get that when i came up like like i said my first albums that i got were like uh a beatles and the bgs but I don't want to see, you know, like Slayer do a version of Staying Alive, though. This is just like, you know, um, <laughs> I don't know. And like you said, it's the it's the the metal till I die mentality. And it kind of just bugs me that the bands don't feel the same way. And it's something that I've always struggled with. You know, I've always struggled with that, you know. Oh, guess what? You know what? One of my favorite guitar players, he, you know, he likes to also play country songs and shit. You know, it's like, what the fuck? You know, but okay. You yeah. Know. Well, we can't all be pissed off and 20 years old our entire lives. <laughs> That's you true. Know? That's true. Yeah. I mean, there is that part where it's like, oh, we're mature now. That it's like, oh, fucking eat a dick. Yeah. Like music's supposed to be fun. At least this, you know, like. I don't want to hear grown-up bullshit. Like, I think... I want to say, like, Lemmy said some shit like that in his book where it's like, you know, fucking... If you want to be an adult, go fucking be an accountant. Right. Leave rock and roll to the kids. You right. Know? Exactly. <laughs> so, if you you know, if you're old, you still you still got to be a kid, you know, in, in a sense, to, uh, I think, like, you know, to keep it fresh or whatever. And you know what? In a sense, I I think though Metallica are like that. You know, they're they're for sure the most youthful live band of that era. That still, you know, when they're on the stage running around, they look like kids. If you could, if you were further, far enough away that you couldn't see how old they are, you would think they were youngsters running around having fun. You know, and having the thing where they, you know beat on the drums in the middle and you know all that weird shit that they do is you know it's totally they're very they are they do keep it young as as much as they can but you know but i every once in a while you, you know you you get reminded of that picture of like hetfield uh standing on rodeo drive with his with his bags and his um you know <laughs> sandals on and shit and he's like oh yeah, yeah. he's fucking old <laughs> but yeah well you know like just one more thing in defense of turn the page uh it was in line for what they're doing at the time right to, it was you know keeping in mind that high school for me it was load and reload mm-hmm. that's what we got from metallica we got load reload and garaging mm-hmm. um but during my high school years so it was in line with what their sound was at the time. So it wasn't a big departure. Like right. if they went from like master of puppets to cover and turn the page. Right. Um, it'd be jarring, but if you're already listening here and shit, like mama said, mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and that's also part of the issue for me was that I didn't like those records either. So I was already, yeah. you know, eh, and then it, that just made me more, eh, 
So yeah, yeah, well, we were cranky at the time, and we didn't even like we weren't even around when Metallica was like quote good, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? We're right. a bunch of fucking teenagers talking about how much how badass they were in like 1984, you know? Yeah, totally. When we we're fucking children, mm-hmm. but uh, so anyway, moving off that, that was our our big disagreement on our list. Yeah. My number one, I, we got a pretty big fucking consensus on this one when I showed you it. I don't think you knew this shit existed until I showed you it. <laughs> some of these covers I've come across, some have been, like, I came across this compilation on, like, Amazon Prime Music. It was, like, hard and heavy. And right. it would have, like, you know, it'd be re-recordings of, like, rat songs by just, like, what's-his-face from rat, you know? Right. Um, because they can't get the rat version, but he can re-record it and put it on there. Or it'd be, like, Vince Neil singing Paranoid for some reason. Like, it's like all these, like, songs that were popular, but they don't have the rights to it. So, right. but they'd have, like, all these weird covers. And the Ingve and Dio Dream On was on that shit, too. Mm-hmm. So I'm going through it, and some of them are just, like, bands that were kind of washed up, so they didn't care. So it's like, oh, here's a live version of Night Songs from Cinderella. And I remember hearing that. I'm like, oh, Cinderella is actually good. Mm hmm. And then I keep going through, and it's a big compilation. And then I hit George Thurgood and the Destroyers covering fucking Purple People Eater. And this shit, it's like, this is the Lulu of fucking rock covers for me. (laughs) Well, I saw the thing coming out of the sky. Had a one long horn and a one I commenced to shake it and I said, who we? It looks like a purple people leader to me. It was a one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people leader. It's a one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people leader. Sure looks strange to me. Well, he came down to earth and he lit in a tree. I said, Mr. Purple People Leader, don't eat me. I heard him say in a voice so gruff. It was a one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people leader. A one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people leader. Sure looks strange to me. I said, Mr. Purple People Leader, what's your line? He said, eating purple people and it sure is fine. But that's not the reason that I came to land. I want to get a job in a rock and roll band. Well, bless my soul, rock and roll. I don't know why they did it. I don't know. I don't know whose idea it was. I don't know why they did it the way they did it. It sounds like it's supposed to be on like a fucking kids album or something. Because mm-hmm. it's like, I mean, it's what do you put when you put the shit in here? People are gonna hear it, but it's like George Thorogood is supposed to be like the like the fucking bar band, right? Like George and the Destroyers, like they do a lot of covers, and then yeah. they, you know. Some of the songs get played out like Bad to the Bone right? shit like that, where it used to be like a tough guy song, and now it's like what plays when like a fucking Looney Tune puts on a leather jacket or something. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like this is the least tough guy song they could possibly pick. And then it's like part of the fucking chorus is like it's the fucking vocals they use. It's like it's. I don't know. It's almost like a kids' bop thing going on. So mm. it's like sounds like 
I think it's supposed to sound like the purple people leader singing, but the whole thing is just terrible. And and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like it comes after like it's like right after like Dio singing Dream On too. Right. So it's like this is a weird fucking choice for this. And yeah, I don't know. Like I've the comments are like disabled for it. Like when you like look at like the official like George Thorogood YouTube fucking yeah. page and shit. So yeah, I don't know, man. This is the worst. It's the worst cover song I've ever heard in my life. Man. Um, See, they should have let him do uh, Johnny Be Good. That would have been great. That would have been sick. I would have loved that. <laughs> But no, he's saying purple people either. <laughs> and I don't like that song anyway. Like right. that's just a why you have a bar band sing a fucking gimmick song right. from like what at the fifties or sixties and whenever that shit right. came out. Yeah. That would be like if that would be like if the misfits or somebody covered Monster Mash or something. <laughs> oh, I'm pretty sure I feel like that probably exists. <laughs> oh man, it's hilarious. Yeah, purple people either not a, not a good thing. The only good thing associated with that was when it was a great name for the uh, Vikings uh, defensive line during those years when they were the purple people eaters. They were they were badass. Uh, that was back when you used to name your defensive lines, and that was a pretty good name, I guess, for that for yeah, them for that time. So. Purple people eater by Sheb Woolley, nineteen fifty eight. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was during that time period. You had that a lot. In like the fifties and sixties, mm-hmm. where you had these just weird—I don't know—fucking just little gimmick songs, yeah. like just yeah, like there's just a whole novelty song genre around right. that time. And then I forgot there was a Purple People Eater movie that came out in 1988. Maybe that was like for the, maybe that was on like the the soundtrack for that the soundtrack or some shit. Yeah, but it's like I'm not gonna look into it enough. Oh, yeah. I mean, Patrick Harris is in it though. Uh, uh. <laughs> could be. Speaking of which, the 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 uh, parody song thing. Um, we were watching this uh, Midnight Special. I love those old mid. I have the DVDs, the Midnight Special DVDs. Yeah, they're like rad, you know, uh, uh, songs from the from the seventies. T Rex, or you know, and then they'll throw in a Captain and Tennille. But then they'll throw in like an Earth, Wind, and Fire or whatever. But then in the middle of all that was this fucking Rick D's, a fucking Disco Duck. Have you ever heard that shit? Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember <laughs> Disco Duck. <laughs> that uh. was a fucking... Lonnie was like, what the fuck is this stupid shit? And I was like, yeah, man. Fucking 70s. Fucking... They were, they were high. And uh, yeah. Yeah. They did some. Oh, fucking... you'll be happy to know in 1999, the Misfits did cover Monster Mash. Oh, man. There you go. That was, you know, that was the post dancing <laughs> era. Right. Yeah. With, yeah. That, I don't put nothing past those fools. Oh, man. Yeah. The worst was when they didn't, when they had no singer. When, I guess it was Jerry only singing. That was the worst <laughs> Misfits. Yeah. But, yeah. Damn. We could have uh, put, like, the entirety of that Danzig uh, Sings Elvis record on this. Oh, no shit. No shit. Yeah, that was... You know what? If you would have done that, like, 20 years ago, it probably would have been a lot better. Yo, but still in all, yeah, no. Nuh-uh. Somebody talked him into that shit. But, uh, (laughs) all right. For my last one, it's... uh, 
again, one of those that never needs to be done again. Um, it was uh, also on a band that I wasn't in love with, that a lot of people were in love with, but a lot of people are starting to fall out of love with. And I think this one kind of might have helped it along for some people, although some people I'm sure loved it, which was um, Knocking on Heaven's Door, uh, Guns and Roses, you know, which has also been covered by Avril Lavigne again, um, Wyclef Jean, Roger Waters, Jerry Garcia. Everybody's covered this fucking song. Eric Clapton. Everybody's covered this fucking song. But when uh, the Guns N' Roses did it, it was um, during the self-indulgent era. And it was uh, really like uh, Axel stretched his legs on this one and really got into the uh, that range of grating voice. Uh to a higher level than usual. And I was just like, yeah, man, this is bad. And again, like I said, I already didn't like the song. I already didn't think that it needed another cover. And here comes this one. And I was already, I was kind of anti-GNR. Not so much because I hated them, but just because everybody liked them so much. And I was like, yeah, they're all right. But, you know, and I guess that's what happens when everybody likes something a lot and I don't like it that much it almost turns into me hating it like Zeppelin or like um, Pink Floyd or whatever, where I don't hate Zeppelin. I don't hate Pink Floyd. It's just that other people love them so much that when I'm not on that, I can't intelligently discuss Pink Floyd like I can discuss Black Sabbath. So people think, oh, you fucking hate Pink Floyd. Well, yeah, no, not exactly. I just don't love them like you love them. And that was the case with GNR. And that was definitely the case with this song. 
Yeah, so I like this one too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think it's of all the covers of Knocking on Heaven's Door, it's the best one. Um, although I haven't listened to the Avril Lavigne version, so right, I need to yeah, need to that, check that. You out. have Wait, to check she, that first, you know, for you. For yeah, you, she uh, fucking. <laughs> she's got her fucking fingers in yeah. all the pies. Yeah. You know what the weirdest thing about that is? About I mean, I I have to look at what the age difference is. But when Avril Lavigne married the lead singer from Nickelback, that shit was fucking weird. Yeah. Like, it's I can, they're probably I don't know like how old he is. I mean, compared to her, right. I guess I'll can find out. Well, he's 46 and <laughs> Avril Lavigne is 36 so there's a 10 years age difference okay uh, so that was slightly weird yeah but uh you're like i can't say shit yeah <laughs> i'm like way ahead of that one it just seemed like such a weird mixing where it's like the lead singer of like the boring adult band right marrying like the fake punk rock chick that the you know the teens are into right. like no like the teens are into nickelback you know that's not what the kids were jamming, so it just seems bizarre. Yeah, it does. Totally. Yeah. Like, it was one thing when she was dating that dude from, like, some 41 or some shit. But, uh, right. Yeah, it made more sense. Yeah. And also, I, I don't know, maybe Canada's got a thing where, you know, in different countries, it's different. Like, when I was in Spain, it was really, really normal for teenage girls to be looking for much older dudes. Um uh, it was the it was the norm, and I don't know. I mean, you know, we think of Canada as just being kind of like U.S. North, but who knows? Maybe they got a thing too. You know that uh, Celine Dion, her old man was old man, old uh, ass. That man. shit was grody. Yeah, that was like her manager since she was like thirteen. Yeah, you know? like that just seems like he groomed her. Oh yeah, totally. To you know, but um, you know, and then like he like. I swear, didn't he, like, save his, froze his sperm or something? And she, like, had his kid, like, when his dick didn't work anymore or something? I don't Whoa. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a weird fucking thing. No, to get it, not, not to get too sidetracked real quick. That's something, like, I'd seen someone talking about how they're saying, like, I guess nowadays in this, you know, here, it's considered fucking weird and gross and predatory when, like, a senior dates, like, a freshman. Mm-hmm. or something like that and mm-hmm. it's like when i was in high school that was like the norm yeah like the fresh you know seniors and juniors were all dating they dated all the freshmen and sophomore chicks right because you know the chicks develop faster than dudes so like they're all like six inches taller than all the fucking skinny dudes that haven't really started puberty yet <laughs> so they dated dudes that were like mature looking and, uh, yeah, if you're a freshman, like, you didn't get nothing. Right. Unless you managed to, like, wrangle a chick in, like, eighth grade and, like, <laughs> hang on to that shit. Like, yeah. Um, no, so it was very, yeah, it was weird when I saw that and I was, like, you know, dude was, like, acted like I was, like, a pedophile for, like, I'm not, it's like, dude, I didn't date anybody in high school, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I was, like, that, it was just normal yeah. in the 90s. Like, that was just expected. Yeah. And now they're saying, it's like, oh, yeah, I know. When, like, a dude that's, like, a senior is, like, hitting on a freshman chick, like, people think of it as super creepy and, right. oh, they're a fucking loser that can't date chicks their age. And right. Blah, blah. Right. And I'm, like, wow. That's, a, that's, I was, like, that's probably for the better. Yeah. You know, when I... <laughs> 
I was 18 going into my senior year. Right. So I couldn't really date anybody anyway. Legally. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one thing about that, I mean, I think like on here, we've been pretty consistent about, you know, like, uh, talking about the songs that are problematic from the past, talking about, you know, rock stars that have been known to be problematic in the past. And, you know, some things that are, you know, totally unexcusable when you're fucking in your thirties and your girlfriend's 14 or whatever the case might be, you know, with, with some of these dudes. But I think that if we're going to, if we're going to be in the business, you know, of as a society of canceling motherfuckers for, for whatever, then I think the the um the lines have to be fucking more clear, okay? The rules have to be more clear because um you know like I'm gonna go out on a limb and I'm gonna stick up for uh for our favorite masturbator Dave Ellison, and uh, <laughs> and you know by all accounts now that the more of the story's out, the girl was 19 when it happened. Yes, I know 19 is young. I know he is old, but it she it, she was over age. She's not complaining about it. She's not saying she was groomed. She's not doing any of this. And he got kicked out of his band. You know, although in the statement, you know, Mustaine definitely says um, an already strained relationship. Right. So this might just be, you know, a good reason that, you know what, I've been leaning this way anyway. And now you fucking do this. So now you're gone. But if that wasn't the case and he was just fired basically just because of this, I would say, man, you know what? That's kind of not fair because you got to you can't say, well, oh, you know, I heard she was underage. Well, now she was 19. Well, that's bad enough. Or that's, you know, yeah. I, I think we got to, you know, if it's 21, make it 21. That's fine. But let everybody know that if you're messing with a chick under 21, then you're a fucking suspect or whatever. And if she's 22, you got to leave that motherfucker alone <laughs> because yeah. he's complying <laughs> to the fucking rules or whatever. Yeah. Well, that shit was just, it was just gross. Yeah, that's totally. Really what it, that's just nasty. And, you know. <laughs> it sounds like he didn't do anything wrong. Uh, it's if if the chick ain't complaining, if the chick says she initiated it, mm-hmm. like that's a ugh, like yeah, like I need to get a look at this girl, right? To see if like what 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 are you fucking trying to get old rock stars to jerk off for? Like, right? You know, like that's nasty. And then, <laughs> like you said, like. The whole thing is like she did this, and then she sent the video to a friend, and the friend put it out there. Right? Why are you sending your Dave Ellison jackoff videos to people? Right. You nasty ass bitch! Yeah. Like, you know, no, I'm not gonna slut shame anyone, but that's nasty. Right. <laughs> and you know what? I'm wondering how many rock stars out there right now are wondering if their little snippet of video is making the rounds now or what's going on. You know, I think, uh, I think this would be a good lesson for anybody in the, in who's anybody who's known. Don't do that. (laughs) Don't fucking, you know, because all somebody got to, I don't know. I, I could probably press record right now on this. I don't know if it would give you an alert, but I probably could do it without you knowing. And how would you know, you know, that, that your shit's just going to be out there and and your career's going to be fucked or whatever because yeah. 
basically that's I mean, fucked up man because i've been just furiously masturbating this entire recording. yeah see <laughs> yeah, i've got it all on tape yeah so yeah send that to dave ellison's girlfriend's friend yeah uh, yeah <laughs> no but that whole thing in that kind of revenge porn though like if you're putting 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 pictures of Dave Ellison's dick out there without his permission. Right, but I guess if you're of a questionable age, then the focus becomes on that instead yeah. of, you know, because he is suing this chick, the one who put it out there, supposedly. Yeah, good. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But I just don't think that there's going to be, like, a lot of sympathy for him or, you know, where... It's going to be hard for people to view him as the victim of anything. So, eh. But oh, yeah. No, it he's the pedophile pervert now. Yeah. As far as everyone and is concerned. He, and he jacks off the base uh, in, yeah. uh, in those pictures <laughs> now. That's fucked up. Fucking oh, the strings. Yep. All right. That's a great way to end our cover songs episode. Yeah. Keep yourself covered. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Right. All right, so... That's that's bad covers. Yeah, bad covers. (laughs) So uh, next week we'll be coming back, or two weeks, whatever it is, we'll be coming back with the covers that we did like. uh, And maybe some of my list from this week will be on your list for next week. Okay, until the next one, this is me, Big Frog. Me, Mike Castleberry. And we are out. When I get to the bottom, I go back. Top of the slide and I stop and I turn and I go for a ride and I get to the bottom and I see you again. Yeah. Do you don't you want me to love you? I'm coming down fast, but I'm miles above you. Stop the turn and I go for a ride